little baby ducks. We're Respawn Aim Fire, the Kick Ass Reverend Gaming Podcast. Uh, we're three life. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got thrown off by ducks and then I started thinking about Goose Game. We're the Kick-Ass Reverend Gaming Podcast where three lifelong friends gather to talk about video games. I am Chad Michael Innes and we have Holden DePardo. Hello. And we are here to chat about shit. Shit in a good way, as in like lots of stuff. Starting with, we're going to jump right into talking about some Xbox Oh my god, you guys talk about Xbox all the time. What do you love, Xbox? Why don't you marry it? That's we you. actually That's don't talk about like. Xbox that much. We really don't, actually. I feel like we're talking about any company as much we as leave off else. the list most often is Microsoft, lately at least. Have I told the time you of year. lately about Xbox Game Pass? Starting out this week, we are talking about Xbox Game Pass. We briefly last week talked about the Oxenfree dev, Playtonic, um, and their impact of game pass on their sales and discovery of their game and there are a couple of other kind of related articles we wanted to talk about this week that go into that one is that according to gamesindustry.biz from james bachelor spelled with a t bachelor with a t never seen that before probably seen it a lot, i haven't actually. either immediately maybe think of like if the simpsons did a parody of the bachelor they'd call it the bachelor with the t in it like that mm, mm, that sounds like the simpsons a, a would do batch of cookies that lore men from the sea like sirens and mermaids and then they eat them they're cookie bachelors they just they haven't had a cookie yet or they haven't tied themselves down to one type of cookie one type of cookie right they're still like sometimes i want chocolate chip sometimes i want peanut butter chocolate chip sometimes i want oatmeal chocolate chip that's what at every point in someone's life you got to sit down and say what kind of cookie do i want for the rest of my life chocolate no bake cookies you're right i was actually going to say uh, a peanut butter cookie with the reese's peanut butter cup inside of it mm, that's just <laughs> that's just dough around a peanut butter cup and i am 100 percent into that <laughs> it's really reese's, good reese's my neighbor when i was a kid my uh, friend's mom made them and they were amazing can i tell anyway, you anyway so back when i was soups fat i would take a giant glob of peanut butter and like two cups of powdered sugar, put it in a bowl and just mix it around until it literally was Reese's peanut butter. And then I would just eat that by the spoonful. We would take whipped cream, put it in a bowl <laughs> and then put hot fudge, not hot fudge, but like the Hershey's fudge. Yeah. Just put a little syrup. bit in there and then stir it up and you have a little chocolate mousse you just made. That's so gross. You know it's what's not really gross? Good. Xbox Game Pass users are playing 40% more games, including outside of Game Pass. Ooh. This is according to Agostino Simonetta, who is the lead of ID at Xbox. Um, everybody doesn't know why or the magic behind it, but Game Pass does not somehow cannibalize sales uh, either on the service of Xbox itself or, as we talked about last week, across all the different platforms. Um, and here's a quote. We're seeing a massive spike in certain categories, but generally when a title goes into Game Pass, we see an average of six-time increase in usage for all the games in the Xbox Game Pass catalog. So not only does that game get an uptick in visibility and playing, but when something new goes to Game Pass, everything else gets an uptick in usage, which is pretty cool. Here's my question about these numbers yeah it's really not a methodology how do they like so like, let's say i am a game pass subscriber me yep. holden departo right yep 
are they measuring me as a user and the games I would play before becoming a Game Pass subscriber to when I am a Game Pass subscriber and how often I'm playing at that point? Or are they just looking at players who are on Game Pass playing or 40% more games compared to people who don't have Game Pass, who don't play as many games? In which case, of course they play more games. Of course they're playing more games because they're more invested in games to have bought Game Pass in the first place. It's like when you open up a dating app and they go, well, people who use Tinder Gold are two times more likely to go on a date. I'm like, no, they just use the app more. Therefore, they're more willing to spend money <laughs> on it. They're not actually like more likely to go on a date. And I think this is kind of a similar stat to me is how it sounds. At least it's the 40% mark. Yeah. Um, of course, they play more games because they bought Xbox Game Pass because they play a lot of games anyway. And it was a way to save money. Not because the service just makes it so that they play games. It's kind of... I think, it's, like, it's like a chicken and the egg kind of thing. Which yeah. one came first? I think an interesting little wrinkle in this that isn't necessarily explicitly called out is that people are playing more things than they would without Game Pass. Which, obviously, you think about that, duh. But it's like, now that I have Game Pass, I've downloaded a whole shit ton of stuff that I wouldn't have given the time of day earlier. I haven't played any of mm-hmm. it yet still because just turning on the Xbox is a chore. <laughs> but (laughs) that power button oh i gotta switch the input uh and my xbox and my switch both share the same hdmi so sometimes i gotta switch the actual hdmi cable Uh, i get like a 20 dollar hdmi splitter uh i've got the the hue the philips hue sync coming that has an extra hdmi on it than what i've already got in my tv thing about hdmi splitters is that they don't always have hdr pass through and the ones that are both 4k and hdr pass through are expensive which oh. this Philip Hughes sync does, which is why it's two hundred and forty bucks. But worth that. Anyway, I think that's really Jinx, cool. You said it at the same time. Did we really? I didn't even hear you say it because I was saying it in an Ethel Merman voice. Worth I that. Said, I said worth it too. And what would you owe me? A blowjob? No, I was gonna say the next story on our Microsoft. Oh Microsoft man, log. that's not how we play Jinx in my house. <laughs> <laughs> The next story, I'll give it to you. New Xbox Live features filter out swears, limits, bullying. This comes from Ryan Gilliam from Polygon. True story, the big brother of Porygon, the Pokemon. (laughs) New filters. (laughs) New filters will go live soon. And for now, it's limited to Xbox insiders, people who are uh, part of that beta test for Xbox software. There are four different levels of the filter that will filter it out. There's friendly medium mature and unfiltered i like to think maybe mature will be like if somebody says something but it's not provocative it'll make it really racist and like (laughs) takes takes the hate speech and levels it up a notch so it's really mature that's what it is so really the order should go friendly medium unfiltered mature because mature just ramps it up yeah like you're a people you're a doofus (laughs) you're a piece of shit we can't say yeah it's words we can't even say on the podcast on this podcast which we say Prove a lot it. of things. Prove it. Give me a word to say it. I'll, I won't say it. Uh, <laughs> child accounts, if you have the know-how to create a child account, because most parents don't, uh, they automatically have the friendly filter turned on, which is cool. And the project manager, Rob Smith, wants to mimic broadcast television. So, like, you know how they have that seven-second delay on, like, live recordings, and they have time to go bleep things out? Well, they're trying to do this a bit faster, I'm sure, with machine learning, instead of somebody behind a board bleeping every single match of Halo. Yeah, no, you're playing seven-second delayed, so you have to really think about where you want to aim your gun. (laughs) Headshots are so much more impressive now. (laughs) There's no release date announced for this feature officially, uh, but it is limited to Xbox Insiders right now, which is pretty cool. 
I'm a hundred percent in favor of this. Anything to make gaming more accessible and friendly yeah. to people, especially Xbox Live, which itself is already a joke for being a cesspool of hate speech. I think just online play in general is it is, is is that way. But if you ever if you're ever watching a TV show or movie that's referencing hate speech on an online gaming thing, it's always Xbox. Is that just because Xbox is kind of more synonymous with online gaming, though? Well, yeah, it was kind of first online. It was yeah, that's where yeah. also the trash people live because PlayStation's better. So <laughs> 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 fucking got you. If you listen to this, you got offended. I you got got. What I like about this feature is the the varying levels. I I'm just leaving it on, I just leave it unfiltered myself. I don't really yeah. I'm not easily offended, but it's nice because there's got to be a line. Like YouTube has just restricted mode and not restricted mode when browsing like content there to kind of filter quote unquote bad stuff out. I think this is going to work really well because there's some things that you don't mind your 14 year old hearing that you that you really wouldn't want your seven-year-olds to hear. Yeah. Is it good to kind of have that granularity? I think it's a smart idea. My question is, what's mature? Like, what could really... Is mature just going to be like, you can't say fuck and stuff? Like, I'm that's sure like, fuck like, is fine, but then, like, hate speech is I think that's out. probably the that's, difference. Yeah. It's yeah. like, G, PG-13, R, and then fucking whatever you want, adults only, get a dildo up your ass. <laughs> that's unfiltered. <laughs> I would like it though if they like they have machine learning that bleeps out the word, but I want better machine learning that replaces the word <laughs> with something else. Here's where I think this is a little different for you and I in the way that we play games online is that one before this year we didn't. Two, now that we do, <laughs> it's only with people we know, and we never turn on the audio for strangers. So I think for us, of course, we're going to leave it on unfiltered because I don't care if Trevor says fuck on a stream. But if you're one of those people who sure, just watch his dirty mouth. Yeah, you need That's to watch your whore extreme mouth. Extreme language. Um, <laughs> if, if you're one of those people who I still don't understand why, but you're just like, yeah, I'm going to turn on audio for everyone in the game. And whenever some seven-year-old kills me, he's going to cuss me out. I don't know if, if I were playing in that type of situation. I don't know if I would leave it unfiltered. I don't know. It depends on how terrible the seven-year-olds are. Yeah, can you just do that? Just block children. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who has a child account automatically gets blocked. Yeah. Speaking of child accounts, Project xCloud has nothing to do with children, but it preview serves as a passable, (laughs) portable Xbox One. This is from Kyle Orland at Ars Technica. This is basically, there was a, now that the beta of Project xCloud is live for, are they calling it a preview? It's a preview. Uh, It's live for people who have Android devices. It's a big difference, I know. It changes everything you're about to say, all your opinions. Well, foreshadowing for Stadia later, maybe it would if they called Stadia a preview. Um, (laughs) But for Project xCloud preview, it is live for Android devices right now, so you can actually try it out if you have one. Go and sign up for the beta. You can play Gears of War, Halo 5. uh, There are two more games. One of them is a fighting game, I think. Anyway, you can play some stuff. And Ars Technica did Mortal kind of a Kombat, breakdown. I think. Is, is Mortal Kombat, Kombat 11? No, that's a Stadia thing they were talking about. That's right. I don't remember. But it is right. one of those types of games. Uh, so, they, yeah, so a couple of things about their kind of breakdown that they did. They used two different phones, an original Pixel, Google Pixel 2016, running Android 8.1, and then a Galaxy S9. They had an Xbox One controller clipped to the iPhone, which I think in the next like year is going to be just something you see everywhere. Everyone's going to have a clip. It's just going to come standard with... You're a new phone. You're going to get a clip on it in the box. 
Apple's gonna put it on. <laughs> You're right. It'll come with the controller. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. Controller. But you'll be able to find them and buy them everywhere. They got rid of the headphone dongle. Google got rid of the headphones themselves in their newest phone. Did they really? To replace it with a clip. Yeah, they did. Yeah, which is ridiculous. That's that's crazy. I get why an iPad wouldn't have it. Don't get why a phone wouldn't come with it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so they also played on a 5 gigahertz router. Kyle from Ars Technica also noted that the, you know, you have dual bands sometimes, and one of the bands is 2.4 gigahertz, one of them's 5. The 2.4 apparently was practically unusable in his place. Uh, and his connection speed was a 100 megabit per second connection, which is, for most things, going to be perfectly fine for, us, especially if you have like a household of a few devices or people watching things at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then also Sprint 4G LTE if you want to go with the worst carrier in the world. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> uh, so about how does it perform using these two fo- these two phones, this wireless setup? Uh, I was actually glad to hear about the performance of it. There were often times when it would apparently kind of maybe dip into some grainier textures or washed out colors, but it seems like xCloud seems to um, favor keeping frame rate and performance high enough and sacrificing the visuals rather than making it stutter, which is really good to hear. Um, And then there was one situation where he did run into, someone was streaming something and there was a lot going on on his home network and then it did start to run into some trouble uh, when his home network started to get strained with a bunch of other stuff. Overall, for being a preview that just launched on specific Android devices like this, is it's kind of looking promising. It seems it is, yeah. to look, like from what he was talking about, it's like that's kind of sounds like my experience with Stadia a while ago. And PlayStation Now. I honestly have better experiences with PlayStation Now than I did with Stadia. Or, sorry, back then it was called Play- Project Stream. Yeah. Um, the data cap part is interesting to me here. So they tested they used up one and a half gigs to two gigs per hour, roughly, um, compared to estimates for Stadia. The S- I'll clarify that in a second. That said it could have exceeded 15 gigabytes per hour. Now, those are just estimates looking at the bit rate that you have as well as the quality of the video that's going to be coming down, and they estimated it based off of that. This makes me think that Stadia is probably going to be closer to the one and a half, two gigabytes as well. I doubt that Stadia would be... I mean, several times, uh, you know, more data heavy than than yeah. Microsoft service would be. Um, so that that's good to hear. People who are kind of worried about data caps. Don't get me wrong. One and a half gigs to two gigs per hour is still a lot, but it is significantly better than the terabyte of data people would say you would use in a month, which doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Yeah, as someone who literally today, while watching, we'll call it mature content on his iPad. Got an email from Xfinity <laughs> saying, you've hit 90% of your data cap for the month, and we still have 10 days to go. This is something that's concerning for me. So, Oh, you I'm, have a data cap? I had no idea. Yeah, it's a terabyte. Ooh, that's rough. A terabyte, though. That's that's not bad, but... Well, I meant 900 gigabytes of it, apparently, so... Who knows how have... big mature content is? I want to um, go to your house and just download a bunch of, like... Just download every episode of Friends on <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> Uh, I do imagine that Stadia, Project X Cloud, from what it seems, their goal and their intention is to make your content playable on the go versus Stadia that is also saying, hey, you can do 4K60 on your computer, on your big screen. So they might have higher bit rate, better quality footage. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of makes sense that it would be more. But yeah, I don't know if it's going to be 15 gigabytes per hour. Whew. 
So that's it for yeah. our, our Xbox and news with our Microsoft Quest log. Coming up, we have updates to Blizzard in China debacle, a trendy new retro handhold that looks dope as fuck, Stadia launch details and opinions, and we're going to talk today for, in our main quest about recommended starter games. What does that mean? Who the fuck knows? Let's get into playtime. Holden, you played something that I'm very interested in hearing your experience about today. Tell me about Ring Fit Adventure. Yeah, so I got Ring Fit, Ring Fit, blah, I got Ring Fit Adventure on Friday. I've done a workout with it every day, um, and I'm really surprised at how good of a workout it is. Some kind every of day is to that note. three days now. Three days, yeah. Or is that a weekend? Okay, I didn't know which Friday so, you got it. Sorry. Well, four days technically. Friday, Saturday, because Sunday. Today's Friday, Monday. Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah. So, all right, I'm, I'm very surprised how good of a workout it gives me. But I'm also, to be very transparent here, very out of shape. So what's a really good workout for me would, might not be a good workout at all. I don't know. But there's a varying level of difficulty. It goes from, like, 0 to 30. I'm at 11. All right. So, and I'm feeling like, wow, okay, like, I'm working out for a half hour, and I'm burning more calories than I would generally burn on, like, an hour walk. By a sure. good amount. Yeah, I so, like, saw your not... little notification came on my Apple Watch. You burned something like a few hundred today. I did, yeah. Adventure. For 25 minutes, I think I played for today. Nice. Um, so it's it's surprisingly a good workout. I really do feel it. Some of the workouts are like, oh, I don't want to do this next one because it's going to be tough. But I have to beat this monster, so I'm going to do it. So like, it, it's kind of fun how that kind of plays off each other. The only downside i really have to the game so far because i'm pretty early on in the game considering this is a game i should be playing over the course of several months is that you get working out you kind of get into it and then you beat a a mission which each mission's only been about like four or five minutes long and then there's a little story thing you have to like push the ring in to get through the text and after a while i'm like like i'm gonna match the the button to get past the text you're pushing the ring in to get past the text Yes, but you can't mash it. You have to wait until like the voiceover is done. Sometimes, oh no, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's first of all, I think annoying in games to begin with. It's more annoying when I want to get to the next workout because I don't want my heart rate to drop too low. I want to keep it up and keep going. So I usually just kind of run in place during cutscenes. Start jumping off the couch over and over, (laughs) but. Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to say quite yet, because I'm still pretty early on with it. Technically, you play about about two hours, half hour each day. Can I ask, but, when you said it goes from 0 to 30 in terms of, like, intensity or level, and you're at 11, yeah. how does that change? From, what is 10 to 20? How is that different? Uh, yeah, so that's a good question. So, I don't know in some respects. The only thing that I've noticed is that, like, when I do squats, because I'm difficulty level 11, I have to do 11 squats. I'm assuming if I were at... Difficulty 12, I have to do 12 squats. If I was at 30, I have to do 30 squats. Okay. Um, I think that's where that comes from. Um, but also there's things like it'll ask you to calibrate your light jogging speed to your running speed. I think I fucked that up because <gasps> when I'm like going at a pace that I would consider and I thought was my fast pace is just my guy running slowly on screen. So it would take me like seven <laughs> minutes to do something you'd said it would take me three minutes. Or and I'm maybe like, God damn it. What causes you to huff and puff is just like, I would be walking by eating no. a sandwich. <laughs> no, 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 no. So how it works is they say, hey, give us a light jog. We'll calibrate that for like 10 seconds. And after that, do a faster pace and we'll calibrate that. 
and they use that to kind of gauge where you're at the moment. And I think either they were too close or or something like that. I don't know, but I didn't do it right, and I can't find the setting to recalibrate that. <laughs> so I've just been pushing myself. Now I'm running faster. Uh, today I ran faster the entire time, but yeah, it kind of killed me. But it's all right. So going into like the gameplay itself, though, like you have levels where you're running throughout the world, but then you'll come across stairs, and at stairs you have to do high knees because the stairs are are higher. So you have to do your high knees, oh, and sometimes the staircase just that's like immersive. Yeah, it just will not end. I'm like, oh my god, the staircase just keeps going. Um, but he pushed through it because you want to get to the game and keeps me what the game has to offer. And then, like, if you go in like puddles of water, you have to like high knee in the water as well. So they kind of like incorporate the environment into how it plays into your workout, which is kind of nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, so far I'll have more to say as I continue playing it. I'm sure, but I'm I'm enjoying it quite a bit actually. Minus the like the nitpick about cutscenes. I just don't give a shit about the story. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Does the does the game itself have like a a workout plan builder? Does it suggest you do certain amount certain times or days per week, or say like, hey, you did a lot of high knees yesterday. We're going to work on something different today. Not too much. No, they how it kind of works is your think about like Final Fantasy. You get your fire magic power. Mm-hmm. And then later on, you find Thunder, and then Thundaga, and like it keeps kind of going up. That's kind of how finding workouts is like. You will beat a mission and says, hey, you just earned squats. You get squats at the beginning, but we'll just say squats. You can then choose to put in squats in one of your six workout placements. So you kind of decide what workouts you want to do. But you can okay. change them at any point. But what it does do is it looks at what workouts you did, and then tailors are stretching at the end. Okay. For those workouts that you did. So I did different stretches today than I did the day before because of that. Cool. 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 Yeah. Um, um, when I come and visit in February, I think we should have a uh, me, you, Dallas, and uh, fuck, it just blank doesn't it? Matt. I think we should all four have a workout off with Ring Fit Adventure. <laughs> I actually don't know how that would work because it's calibrated to a person. Well, all the trailers how- showed a bunch of people around having fun with it you're right it doesn't make any sense because like we'd have to switch users because my jogging speed is based off of how it calibrated to me isn't so there like a short activities you, mode i think i remember them saying something about that uh yeah i guess there is that but i haven't even done that yet okay well like, we'll figure that, that out in yet, february yet. speaking Stay of tuned. first meet keep listening every week until Fire. february <laughs> <laughs> cool what um, else did you play other than ring fit adventure Really quick, I just want to mention, I sweated a lot during this game, and so I thought I kind of laughed when I saw this article that says, Random, Nintendo do you'd get sweaty playing Ring Fit Adventure, shares washing advice. So if you have Ring Fit Adventure and you want to wash the leg strap and the handholds on the ring, you have to soak it, I wrote socket, you have to soak it in warm water diluted with ah. a natural detergent. And then you have to use a towel to get most of the moisture out. And then hang it to dry. So if you have <laughs> Ring Fit Adventure, that's what you have to do. I thought when you wrote that, like I legit thought the actual instructions were to like take a damp sock. Like literally, <laughs> find a sock from your laundry, get it warm water, and then rub it all over the thing. I was like, all right. I guess that is weird. That's why we included this story. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. 
Uh, so I also played Spider-Man. I played a lot more Spider-Man this week. And PS4 I texted Spider-Man. Chad this week, and I said, hey, not going to lie, I was kind of really hating Spider-Man at first. But now that I've gotten more into it, it's really addictive and really fun, and I feel like Spider-Man. Oh, I'm so glad it clicked. It was a, a rough beginning, to be honest. Because you don't have many powers. You're just kind of hitting just the same buttons to like go underneath someone and then punch them when you're behind them. Like You just kind of kept doing that same stuff over and over again. And it also kind of holds your hand a lot and says, now go, now go over here, now go over there. At a certain point, you can just start going anywhere you want to. Like once you know how towers work, you start going anywhere you want to. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And also, traversal, you have to get traversal down. You have to kind of get a feel for traversal. So it starts feeling natural. And then you start thinking more about how, oh, if I go over here, I can pick up more speed. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I see that there's like a, a little like flag over there. I'm just going to zip up to that, hit X before I get to it. So I get that boost when I bounce off it. It gets fun. I still can't nail, however, when you're going around a building, kind of cutting the corner a little bit. Mm-hmm. By hitting how you like run around that? I don't think I ever yeah. got that. I think I just avoided ever having to do it. It was fine. Yeah. So far, I haven't had any trouble catching the pigeons. Oh, yeah. I caught all the pigeons right away. So everybody yeah. was like, man, the pigeon thing is horrible. I was like, I knocked it out in maybe like 15 minutes. I mean, yeah, it took me a couple minutes to track down one yeah. or two, but... Yeah, it's not too bad. Um, it's a lot of fun. I do think that some of the collectibles are... Were, at first, were kind of frustrating until I realized you could push down R3 and they literally just point you right to them. Yeah. Like the back, backpacks. Like I'd be like, I can hear the beeping. Where is it coming from? But I'd just be crawling all over this building trying to find it. And eventually I'd find it. And then like a f- few backpacks later, I'm like, oh, I can just push, R- push R3 and it'll literally just put a huge green light going into the sky telling me where it is. That makes it easier. I do wish there's more stuff to do inside of buildings because when you do go into buildings, it's kind of cool to like jump onto walls and punch back at people and that kind of stuff. There's a lot of things that are in the open world and I want to see more stuff in buildings, which just gets me more excited for what a Spider-Man 2 could look like on PS5. So I'm liking it a lot. I don't know if I'm quite as high up on it as everyone else was last year, but I also haven't finished yet. And I also haven't fought many of the super villains yet. Like I was expecting to have a lot of super villains. So far I fought that one guy in the bank uh so you fought kingpin right off the bat kingpin yeah and then there's this guy in like a bank or something like that i don't remember he's i don't i don't want to start guessing villains because i don't want to spoil any of like the side quests and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but in general there are a handful like that are at the end of side quests that i guess are technically optional and Mm -hmm. then most of the like comic book villains this the Sinister Six that you're used to seeing in most Spider-Man stuff comes towards the end of the yeah. game. Yeah. One of the things I was very surprised about was that I, Dr. Octavius is like your partner. So I'm kind of curious where that kind of goes. Um, knowing that the guy um, who runs the charity or something like that, you know, talk about he... Yeah, the Mr. Negative guy. Yeah, it's so obvious that that's, that's him. I knew it well beforehand. I think maybe it's because I saw trailers and things like that. When the game was coming out, maybe, but like I saw him, I'm like, he's negative guy. Watch out for him. <laughs> I don't know why, I just knew suddenly. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's a good game. V proud of you. I'm V proud. So that's the game but that I me- told you to play this year. I, yes, we I both beat it yet, one to be game, clear, but I will beat it. Yeah. Your game to me was Metro Exodus, which I downloaded from Game Pass two days ago, which I will play sometime before the end of 2020. Foreshadowing. And then you played <laughs> one more thing. 
I did play one more thing. I I got Outer Wilds. Oh, I'm so jealous of you. I got it too, but I haven't had a chance to play it yet. And I'm not going to say anything about it because it's impossible to talk about. The whole purpose of this game is exploring and discovering. If I tell you anything about this game, I will have ruined it. And I've heard that from everyone who played it and has talked about it, like from Jason Shire, all those people. And I was kind of like, well, that's a cop-out. That's dumb. Just tell me something about it. And I'm playing. I'm like, no, I get it. You can't know anything. I'm so happy. The easiest way to describe this without like getting too much into it is imagine No Man's Sky with only six planets that are more manageable to navigate in our actual planet-sized planets. Yeah. It's like a little, they call it in the trailer, a miniature solar system, which is a very good way of describing it. And these planets are like, when I was getting ready to play No Man's Sky, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see these crazy planets I'm going to go to. And I get to planets, it's like, oh, this one's got blue trees and a red sky and <laughs> yellow ground. And, and I still like that game. I'm not bad-mouthing No Man's Sky. But when you go to planets in Outer Wilds, you go, holy shit, I have to figure this out? It's like a puzzle, and I got to like, what? That's all I'll say. I don't really know what else to say besides that. It's so vague. It makes no sense. But it is definitely a game that is an experience that is worth playing. Some things I'll say up front, because this might sound like a turnoff to some people. Um, There's no combat. It's not a combat-focused game. But that doesn't mean the world isn't dangerous. I... I think I'll leave it there. So, famously, two weeks ago. Very famously... Very viral video. Everyone galore. was talking about it. Um, <laughs> I saw the PS4 release trailer for this game. They're like, hey, it's coming to PS4 October 15th. And I was like, why the fuck have I never seen this game before? I had made so many jokes about it Outer Wilds versus the Outer Worlds. And I honestly think I just saw two different trailers for Outer Worlds and thought one was Outer Wilds. I was like, these games are exactly the same. Why are they coming out this year? Fucking blah. <laughs> and I saw that trailer and I was like, this looks gorgeous. This sounds gorgeous. And I see people's impressions of it. And it's like, everyone is like, this is such an amazing experience. That same word to use. It's an experience. And I love mm-hmm. those types of games. Like, walking simulators are my fucking jam. It's not quite a walking simulator. I don't know. It is and it isn't. Yep. So that, and then after seeing, yeah. seeing Annapurna in the credits at the very end, I was like, oh, fuck, is an Annapurna game? Now I'm definitely in. They're the A24 like, of movies. Well, technically they're the Annapurna of movies because Annapurna also makes movies. But I, I feel walking simulators as walking around and being present during a story. And this game is definitely a lot of walking around, but it's more of walking around to figure out what the story is. The story is a puzzle in and of itself. That's why you can't really talk about it. Good. Good. Because if I said, like, oh, and this planet does this, you'd be like, oh, okay, so I start playing the game, I'll know these few things to start doing immediately. Like, I introduced it to my friend Steven, and he's been texting me going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing right now. I don't know what's happening. What's, what's going on? I'm like, just keep going to planets. Just explore the planets. Just go around. You'll start to, like, pick up on stuff. Yeah, part of me is worried yeah. that it's No Man's Sky meets... The Witness, which are two games that I hated watching that's you play. That's a great way of put. That's a great way of putting it, though. <laughs> but I just have like, if it looks good enough and sounds good enough, and it's from Annapurna, and people are saying good things about it, I'll give it a shot. I'm glad you brought up the Witness comparison because I was thinking about that too. And this to me blows the Witness out of the water. Good, that so game fucking far. sucked. <laughs> no, Witness is a brilliant game. It's amazing. But the difference is that 
in the witness a lot of these places exist to give you line puzzles and i liked the line puzzles that didn't really bother me but in this case it's pure environmental good everything's about the environment so it's very similar to witness in terms of like where those lines go and then put it on this tablet yeah, it's not it's it's environmental puzzles, but it's it's different than than the witness in that way. But it's also similar that you're kind of trying to figure out this island in the witness. And in this case, you're trying to figure out the solar system. Cool. I think I really think it's a must play for people, but I do feel like it's worth mentioning that it's not combat focused, just so people kind of know at least that coming in. Because I saw at least for me, I saw a screenshot of like something that looked like a gun, and I'm like, oh, so you'll be like finding things and like attacking. Like, nope, not at all. It's not what this game is. V excite. I'll, le- I'll leave it there. I am excited, Mike. I have so much to say though about this game. I just can't say any of it. We're gonna. So we're gonna have in November. To a, we're gonna have to do a spoiler cast. Yeah, we'll do a side quest about it for sure. Dope, Chad. Tell me more about not grindstone. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm leaving tomorrow on a trip to China for like a week and a half, and so I didn't want to play anything this week that. Like, I didn't want to start a new experience that I would be like, fuck, I can't believe I'm not allowed to come back to this for another week and a half. Um, so I'm like, I'm going to go dip into some older things. I beat Borderlands 3's campaign, played a little bit after that. Um, I did not, for the first time, for the first week in a long time ever since it came out, I didn't play Grindstone. Wow. Yeah. I did other things while on the toilet. <laughs> Watching mature videos, I'm sure. Um <laughs> But no, Grindstone is a fantastic game. Uh, I got to like level 66 or something like that. And then I found out there are like 175 levels or something like that. And I'm like, all right, so this is definitely something that like I'm just going to chip away at, blah, blah, blah. But no, I'm glad that I've broken the addiction so that I can open myself up to other Apple Arcade opportunities. So hopefully we'll see more fruits from that in the future. But, um, hi, my name is Chad Michaelinis. I'm re-addicted to Destiny 2. (laughs) <laughs> i've played about 14 hours Hi, of it this Chad. week i have uh i jumped in and played a little bit of it before game night on thursday and then game night on thursday came and like 6 to eight thirty, we played as a group did some strikes um did a little bit of crucible and then i was like uh, trevor left and i was like yeah i've got to go too and i left and i was gone for about 10 minutes and i was like you know what though i was really close to collecting that daily bounty I was like, I'll just jump in and do that. And then I played till 11 p.m., which for me on a school night is unheard of. So that was that was Thursday. I played a long time. And then Saturday came and I posted on Twitter. I was like, hey, I'm going to jump into like Borderlands 3 or Destiny 2 if anyone wants to fuck around. Played for like another eight hours on Saturday. And I am so in. So in that I decided, fuck it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay the $60. I got Shadowkeep. I got... Which also comes with Taken King and the whole season, four season passes. Uh, I'm already on season pass level eight. My power level's up to 871, I think it is. So I'm almost to the soft cap of power level for my Titan. Um, And I'm just like, I am having such a blast rediscovering old things and old missions that I had done. I did a, like, this whole time I've just basically been doing strikes or going around doing quests uh, or trying to fill up daily missions. Um, but then I'll be like, oh man, I remember this one strike on IO and I go back to IO and I do that strike. I'm like, oh yeah, that was fun. And then I was like, 
what is this heroic quest, this heroic mission? And it's just one story mission a day. It's like, you're going to do this mission, but it's going to be extra hard and you're going to get better rewards for it. And it was like, going through that was like, fuck, I forgot how epic and awesome some of these story missions are. So now I'm like, I never played any of the campaigns after the Red War, like the the original campaign. But I also, do I want to go back and play the original campaign? And now that I can basically breeze through it because I'm a fucking badass. Um... <laughs> I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving it so much. And I got the season passes because with the season passes you can level up and get your rewards faster. You get extra stuff. I'm just so I'm so deep. I'm so deep. Which is a problem <laughs> because I have so many things to play. Yeah. I'm looking at this plane trip ahead list. Yeah, so That's I have a list. A thirteen hour plane trip, plus I'll be like in China and then another plane trip home. And I'll mostly just be playing my Switch, although I'm taking my DualShock 4 and my iPad. Just in case the internet's good enough to remote play, more Destiny. Um, <laughs> but else. so I have a bunch of stuff loaded, ready to go, and hopefully I'll be able to talk about this next time I'm on the podcast. Which spoilers will be two weeks from now. I'm going to play through Untitled Goose Game. I'm going to play through Metal Gear Solid on my Vita because that's our barf game. Which, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you helped us pick Patreon.com/slash/respawningfire. If you are playing this game or have ever played this game. Send us your thoughts, respondingfire at gmail.com or DM us on Twitter, uh, and we'll talk about it on our spoiler barf episode side quest later this month. So I'm going to play through that. I got Return of the Obra Dinn on Switch because that just came out last week. Hyper Light I want to get that. I've it, heard it's really good. It was like it was up for some best of the year at Game Awards last year. I can't remember whether it was like art direction. Best art or, design. It was, was art, it? art design, art direction, something like that. It looks yeah. real dope. Uh, Hyper Light Drifter is something that I've heard people talk about a lot, and I finally just like, well, I fucking need something else for the plane, so I got that. And then <laughs> I have Dark Souls on my Switch. It has been a year since Dark Souls came out on Switch, and I still have not even opened the game yet. So I've got it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to play through some of it on the plane. We'll see if I chuck it at someone's head. But then on top of that, I was going through the GG app, which if you guys aren't on GG, fucking do it, because I want to see what more of you guys are playing. It's a cool like social network type thing for games. You can keep track of things that you're playing. I haven't used it in a while. Uh, You can also make lists. And I made a couple of lists. I made a list for things I want to finish before 2020. Things that I gave up on and just am saying, all right, I I missed these this year. I'm going to have to play them next year instead. And things that are most anticipated. I just want to talk about this is a list of things that I want to beat before 2020, which is like two months. All of those that I just listed. Plus, The Surge 2, which is a Dark Souls-like, which you know is going to take a long time. Death Stranding. You couldn't do Dark Souls and The Surge 2 in the same year. There's no way. I'm going to fucking just say fuck Dark Souls. Pokemon Sword, Death Stranding, Jedi Fallen Order, Outer Wilds. I have to play Metro Exodus. And then I have to get the Platinum in Borderlands 3. All of that in two years. No, in two years. Two months. Knowing that I have an 11-day vacation at the end of November and an, a 12-day vacation at the end of December that I'm going to be without my PS4. Life is so hard, Holden. <laughs> That's the most first-world problem ever. I bought all these games. I, I need to play them. Where do I fit Destiny 2 Shadowkeep in there? You just don't. You hold it off. I can't. I can't hold it off because Season 8 ends in 49 <laughs> days. <laughs> oh. So, um, yeah, I've got a lot ahead of me. Got a lot, a lot to think about. Well, you got more to play too. Wanna why? Why? Because there's a PSN Halloween sale. It's the first thing in our fetch quest. Ooh. 
And we're going to pop into that right now. So let's go to our fetch quest. PSN Halloween sale offers up some spooky savings. They misspelled spoopy. They said with the K in there. That was weird. (laughs) What is that? The Canadian spelling? Idiots. (laughs) I just listed off some games that are are listed in the uh, sale that I thought were worth mentioning. Definitely Cry 5 is 30 bucks. Man of Medan is $21. You should get that game. It's really good. Wolfenstein Youngbloods is 20 bucks. A Plague Tale uh, Innocence is 30 bucks. I got this. I've heard it's very good. Mm-hmm. And I want to play it. Okay. Rage 2, $30. Mortal Kombat 11, $35. Metro Exodus, 30 bucks. Resident Evil 2 Remake, $30. That Dope. is still a serious contender for Game of the Year for me. Yeah. So if you haven't played that yet, thirty bucks, that's an absolute steal. It's worth it. Uh Batman Arkham Collection eighteen dollars. Dark Siders three, twenty-four dollars, Fallout seventy-six, twenty-four dollars, Hitman two, twenty-one dollars. I'm gonna make this a barf game at some point. Well, I'm gonna put it on the list at least for a barf at some point next year. So if you wanna play it, you should get that because I really have not gotten a chance to play Border uh Borderlands three, Half Life Two, <laughs> and I'd like to play Oh god, Hitman Two, Half Life Two, Hitman Two. I want to play Hitman Two. The Forest is thirteen dollars. Another uh kind of sort of a horror game I've heard it's quite good. Hollow Knight's nine dollars. <coughs> if you've not played Hollow Knight oh, and you don't have a Switch, yeah. play it on Switch, even if it's you're not on sale on Switch. Play it on Switch. It's better there, I think, because it's handheld. But if you don't have a Switch PS4, nine dollars is a steal for an amazing game. It's a steal. We Happy Few is thirty bucks. Wolfenstein Two is nineteen seventy nine. I bought Wolfenstein Two. Yes, you did. Yes, you and did. Then the Evil Within Two is nineteen seventy nine as well. I did not buy that one, but I did buy Wolfenstein Two and A Plague's Tale. Lots of dope games on that list. Lots Devil May Cry Five. Devil May Cry Five. You guys also on my like top three games of the year so far. Yeah, and there are a lot of other games too. Notable ones I didn't put on the list. There's just a lot of games that yeah. were there. Here's the thing I'd say about list. this list and these prices for a lot of these games right now. This is like maybe like twenty five, thirty percent off. You got Black Friday coming up around the corner. Mm-hmm. A lot of these games are probably going to be a lot lower than this right now. But if you want to play these spoopy games in October, this is a good time to jump on them. But where there's going to be a month from now, there's going to be some good ass price drops. A little over a month. No? A little bit over a month. A little bit over a month. No. I mean, most of these sales start the week of Thanksgiving, not oh, necessarily okay. Black Friday. Then I eat my words. Eat your words. Eat them up. Milkshake, milkshake, milkshake. Speaking of milkshakes, Okami's sequel has been teased by noted Twitter troll Hideki Kam. Is it Kamiya? Yeah, Hideki Kamiya. So, Aikumi Nakamura, who is the woman from the Ghostwire Tokyo E3 event. Mm-hmm. Who, who left the company? Left, who left the company and is doing freelance stuff. This is her next thing, and it's the Okami sequel. But as the headline said from Eric Van Allen at US Gamer, uh, Kamiya has a reputation for trolling fans. He mm-hmm. has announced games that he wasn't serious about <laughs> before. So who knows? But I also would like to play uh, Okami. I have it on my Switch, actually. So if you want to play Okami, that might be a barf game coming up pretty soon as Okami well. Okami is available everywhere. came everywhere. out on PS2. It's a PS2 game. They came to Wii and Wii U and PS3 and PS4 and Xbox 360 and Xbox One. It's on Switch. It's everywhere. But here's the thing. There are so subsequent really follow-up tweets to this. Those are redundant. Subsequent follow-up are redundant. But there are follow-up tweets to this that basically clarified as like, the, to be clear, this is something that I really, really want to happen. 
It yeah. will happen. So even the phrasing of the one tweet, day, I hope. The um, phrasing of the tweet is very similar to that too. It says, "Okami is going to be back. We want to make a, a Okami sequel, and fans are looking forward to it too. You guys want to see Kamiya's Okami again, right? Everyone, I want to work on it too. A lot of wants in there, not a lot of right. we're doing it. What I yeah. imagine is this was uh, trying to build hype." To prove to a company, Platinum Games, to say, hey, people want this. I just tweeted this out, and so many people are going crazy about it. People want this. Don't you want to fund it and help us make it? That's what I see this I as. I think you're 100% right. I do want to point out how dumb that is, though. Not you, but the, that, the fact that they have to do that, because this has been released on every console you just mentioned, and they're still like, I don't know, I don't know. Are people going to be interested in it? It's sold on all those consoles. Yeah. Of course a sequel would sell well. If people didn't like the first game, it would have been stuck on the PS2. Period. Yep. So yeah, I think you're right. It is totally a, we want this to happen. It's not necessarily going to happen, but it's probably going to happen, I think. Okami's a very popular game. One day it will happen. Speaking of one day it'll happen, one day Sony will stop updating the PS Vita, but that day (laughs) is not today. Not as long as it keeps interfacing with PS4. Yep, it is cool. Improving system performance. I think that's the reason they're updating it still. I also think it's to reduce piracy because the Vita is, uh, a, we'll just say a lot of people hack it. So There was also something just recently. Maybe it was the Vita, maybe it wasn't. That, like, there was a new hack discovered that's like unpatchable or something like that. I don't remember. Anyway, League of Legends is coming. Lol to consoles and phones via a new version of the game called wild rift that is going to be more refined uh for mobile with different controls and interface shorter match durations about 20, 15 to 20 minutes so if you're a law player and you want to lol on the go get your lollipop ready to play cool <laughs> see what i did there speaking of see cool we should probably skip the next segment because google's stadia is not cool but well, we have to talk about it could be cool but they're doing a lot of things wrong but we have well, a release date. It's coming at, yeah, coming November 19th. And Yay. you know what's interesting? This is the first time we've ever gotten a release time for a console. Yeah. I thought about that as I saw it. I think it was like 9 a.m. Pacific time or something. I was like, oh, interesting, because it's servers. Huh. Interesting. interesting. So November 19th at 9 a.m. is when the servers are going to crash, right? Right, That's, exactly. It's all going to go to shit. Okay. Yep. Uh, here's something that is uh, really off-putting to me. Stadia's controller will only be wireless with Chromecast Ultra at launch. This comes from Matthew Olson at US Gamer. So the, the controller that they have that connects via Wi-Fi directly to the servers... I see we're going with this. ...cannot be used <laughs> on your computer or phone without being plugged into them. I have no idea why. Yeah, that makes absolutely no sense at all. The whole point of the console was you you just can seamlessly go to different devices because the controller is not controlling your phone or your Chromecast. It's just controlling the server. Yep. So why does it only work with the Chromecast Ultra and not mobile phones? It It's totally perplexing. It makes absolutely no sense. It, it wouldn't re- reduce lag. Actually, it's going to increase lag if it's plugged in. Mm-hmm. It has to go through the phone into the server. This makes no sense. I, I can't wrap my head around it. And considering how constricted they've been with this, it's coming to only certain phones and the Chromecast Ultra. Yeah, and the certain and phones is Pixel 2, 3, and 4 series. Like, not even yeah. Android phones. It specifically has to be Google Pixel phones. Mm-hmm. And then, like, 
the Asus Chromebook Pad and the Google Slate and like one other <laughs> HP tablet. Those are the only tablets you can use it. And then any Chromebook. Like when they announced this thing and the message is with the Stadia controller, you can jump from device to device without having to repair your controller. It just happens instantaneously from device to device and it can work on anything And the closer we get to launch, the closer we are saying that none of this shit is working. I guarantee you, day one, all of the YouTube integration is not going to work. You're not going to be able to see a streamer, click on a button, and suddenly play that game as if nothing's happened. Like, that's not going to work. I guarantee you, almost none of the Google Assistant features are going to be live at launch, based on what we're seeing so far. This is looking like less of a shitty launch and more of false advertising. It's like straight-up false advertising. To me, unless if they were to call this the Stadia Open Beta or the Stadia Preview or Stadia Early Access, you're jumping in, you know what you're getting into, you are on the cutting edge, the forefront, you are beta testing this device for 140 whatever fucking dollars it costs to get this Stadia Founders Pack. Then I would be okay with it, knowing that this is not the full service that's going to be launching, but knowing that you have to have a specific set of devices and then you have to be plugged in. But get this. In order to work with most of the devices that it's compatible with, you've got to plug it in with an adapter because the cable it ships with is USB-A mm-hmm. to USB-C. It doesn't even USB-C to USB-C to connect to the Google Pixel 4 or the Google Slate. <laughs> like, you have to use an adapter. I didn't know that. That's ridiculous. It's so stupid. They are fucking Every up. Pixel device, including the Pixel books and all that, all use USB-C. Yep. Why? Okay. Interesting. Um. Yeah. This. So. All right. This year we're gonna have the worst console launch. Is what it's looking like. <laughs> one of the worst console launches ever, coupled with Apple having one of the best co- console launches ever, or at least service launches. Ever. Yeah. Well, what a great launch Apple Arcade was. Yeah. Get so, me grindstone for a month. Fucking love it. Th- what this is making me think of is is that it's like the Dreamcast. The Dreamcast came out a year before everything else kind of came out. And it really suffered as a result. And this is kind of giving me that kind of vibe of it's coming out a year before the next-gen consoles come out, which basically means that it's going to fucking tank right now. I like the Dreamcast, which did not tank when it came out. But the CD is going to tank this year. I just can't see a future where this plays out. And then they're going to get completely overshadowed by Xbox 2 and PS5 next year. Like, this is just horrible timing. They should have yeah. just waited until it was ready. Yeah, and then released it when they actually could show it off with everything working properly. Like this is the equivalent of Nintendo having that October trailer for the Switch, the October before it came out, and then in like January when they had their big reveal, say, okay, but like the switching back and forth, it will only work for certain games on certain <laughs> televisions. Yeah, and it just it's just really bad messaging. It's terribly bad messaging, and it's surprising because say what you will about Google, but. Th- they're good at marketing. They're good at communicating, I, I have found. This is just so poorly botched. It's amazing. With um, this reveal, so you're convinced though, did... to buy it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, with this reveal, we did also get a look at the UI, though, which is actually looks really nice. Did you see it? No, I was too busy being mad at it. <laughs> <laughs> so this came out, like, this whole headline leaked, not leaked, but came about from a two-minute, like, what is Stadia trailer that they released? And it's like, Stadia is this, and it uses the controller. And they say in the video, it connects directly to the server, so you don't have to worry about lag, blah, 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 blah. 
and then they show connected to a phone via USB-C cable, but then they show the phone, oh, uh, uh, the U- UI for it, and then they show how it looks on a TV. Oh, I, I did like, see that. I just kind of thought that was like a kind of like cheeky, cartoony rendering of all the stuff because it wasn't like a real phone; it was like a cartoon phone. No, apparently that's like the actual UI. But it oh, looks really not, like big, giant, gorgeous like game art for the title cards. Uh, it kind of reminds me on the TV of like the Apple, t- the new Apple TV OS. Um, mm-hmm. How it has like big, beautiful art, and then like different tabs that you can scroll through across the bottom. It looks nice. It looks nice. Yeah. Speaking of new console launches, let's move into our third-party nice. quest, quest log. Speaking of fucking hot-ass shit that I want to bang, let's talk about analog. <laughs> uh, this week, Analog Pocket, analog is spelled with a U because it's British, has access. It's a new console coming that looks like a super slick, fancy Game Boy Pocket. Um, and it has access to 2,780 Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance cartridges. But here's the catch. It's not an emulation machine. It has hardware built in to play these directly from the cartridges. So if you still have your old Game Boy games laying around, or you go to a GameStop or something like that, GameStop is now getting more into retro stuff, so you can order that online. It actually plays these with the hardware built in, which is super dope. You can also play Game Gear, Neo Geo Pocket, um atari links and other stuff with an adapter you can play those directly on the device but the device itself looks so sexy it looks really mm. great it's like if it basically looks like if apple made a game boy nowadays yep oh with cartridges still <laughs> with car yeah still gonna play with cartridges so yeah. the, the screen has a an, a much higher resolution than the original game boy screen 1600 by they don't understand i actually don't understand why the screen has to be this high resolution i don't get it I think it's probably to 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 scale all the different types of games you can play, but also like so that they don't have to do multiple because you can dock this thing to play on your TV as well. So they don't mm-hmm. have to scale the resolution down for the screen. They can use maybe the same settings on both or something like that. I don't sure, know. Okay. That's just me pulling shit out of my ass. But it's a three point five inch pro- LCD. Yeah, it's also gonna have pro level color accuracy, dynamic range, and brightness. The color accuracy might actually need that higher resolution though. Maybe. It's is it from... color accurate to a Game Boy, or is it color accurate to real life? Oh, shit. Twist. It has a rechargeable Twist. battery, USB-C charging, baby. Yeah. Uh, different enough from a Game Boy, it actually has four buttons, like A, B, X, Y, versus just mm-hmm. the two that most Game Boys had. Actually, I think all Game Boys had until the DS. Um, but you can map those buttons to different things. It has a headphone jack. And a link plug, fully. Oh, like a link cable plug. Yeah, for trading for Pokemon. Pokemon. That's right, because those you can't do that. Which Fucking... means it's a fully featured Pokemon game. It's no different yeah. than just having a Game Boy. If um, you can find that link cable still nowadays. Yeah, I know, right? Comes in twenty twenty for two hundred bucks in beautiful black and beautiful white. Those are not the color names. That's just what I call them because they look so sexy. <laughs> But hold on, I uh, I will not get this. I looked at it at first and I was like, "Fuck, I want to buy that." It's only two hundred bucks. Uh, I I'll get it. But then I thought, no, you hate physical game media. You're going digital for life. I have a few Game Boy games laying around still at my parents' house, but I would carrying those around with me to play things. I, there's no way I would ever do that. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at too. Where everything about this. I want so badly oh, yeah. 
But then the only games I'd have that are physical are old Game Boy games that honestly I probably wouldn't play that much can, compared to all the other stuff I have to play. Yeah. Here's so what like, I want I really this want be, this. I want this. I want Nintendo to just rip it off and release the Game Boy Classic <laughs> and make it exactly this, but with preloaded games or games that you can expand via storage. And it's just, that's what I want. Yeah. Oh, I might make that my wallpaper. <laughs> it's just a sexy looking system. <laughs> uh, hold on. I want you to take me through this next part, mostly because you added stories in here that I haven't had a chance to read yet. Yeah, so uh, this is the follow-up to the Blizzard channel, uh, channel, China debacle that happened. Um, not all this is directly like related to Blizzard, but it's kind of in the same ballpark I thought it was worth mentioning. So, one, the first of all, first off, blah, oh my god, I can't talk today. First off, right off the bat, Blizzard cancels the Overwatch launch event in wake of the protests. So, Nintendo announced on their own Twitter account that Blizzard had canceled the event. Um, they tweet was please be aware that the previously announced overwatch launch event scheduled for wednesday uh, october 16th at N- uh, nintendo nyc has been canceled by blizzard we apologize for any convenience this may cause so nintendo tweeted that out but blizzard is the one who canceled it there's been no reason cited um, the headline says it's in the wake of the protest it might not be because of the protests but well, it we most know definitely exactly because of the pro- why that is yeah yeah yeah, especially because now that's it. been what a couple days ago, like almost a week ago, in the heat of it all. Of course, they got canceled yeah. because of that. Yeah, uh, they, they they got sick and they decided they couldn't make it in that day, so they're not going to have <laughs> somebody got a cold. <laughs> yeah, they didn't want to spread it to everyone else. Tummy's feeling a little little rumbly, not feeling too good. Mm. You know, so obviously it's because of the protest, but they haven't explicitly said it. Um, further, they give this one thing. It's not necessarily related to the uh what should we call it the china debacle but i thought it was worth mentioning in this context so there's a report that diablo 4 and diablo 2 remastered are going to be announced at blizzcon so last blizzcon they <laughs> were rumored to talk about diablo 4 and instead showed off diablo mortal the mobile game and they were in deep shit for that so they basically have to make up for that and now they have to make up for the china protest as well yeah. i don't think they're announcing diablo 4 here because of the china of um circumstances because it's just the time frame's too short for that to really played out they're not going to make a trailer fear the marketing for it and all that in like right. a few weeks but it's definitely lucky that they were that had that in the bag so they have some sort of good press to go into blizzcon with i'm gonna add but, two things here yeah. one i i 100 believe diablo 2 remastered is coming out and i that's Dallas, get yourself ready because I'm going to fucking play the shit out of that game with you when it comes out. Diablo 2 for life, yo. And then what about Diablo 4. Diablo 4, there's a uh I'm sure it's going to be great, whatever. But uh there's a, also an Art of Diablo book. Did you see this article? I did see it. Yeah. I didn't read it, but so I did there's an Art it. of Diablo book that is currently on like advertised to go like they're selling it on the 23rd, which is in 2 days. And it's on Blizzard's website, and it's on. Uh, it was at, shown off by GameStar magazine or something like that. And in the description of the book, it says uh, that includes concept art from Diablo one, two, three, and Diablo four. And it's like, oh, all right. <laughs> oops, all right. So yeah, I'm. I agree with you. Or maybe they think Diablo see... four is Diablo Immortal. <laughs> maybe that's what it was. That. <laughs> I agree with you. We're gonna we're. 95 percent sure we're gonna see diablo 4 at blizzcon in a couple weeks uh but i think you're right it's it 
it's not because of this whole debacle because there's just too much planning that goes into it before that makes sense. But it's convenient for them that it's there. So convenient. So convenient. Hopefully this doesn't ruin their announcement of Diablo 4 because that'd be kind of crummy for them. But I also have a hard time feeling bad for them at the same time. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm so Uh, curious how it goes over. Yeah, so PewDie, this is a story that's, again, not related to Blizzard, but this is related to China in this case. PewDiePie says he's been banned in China. So I watched this video that he was allegedly, well, that he was banned for, not allegedly, he was banned for this video. And it's basically him, PewDiePie, looking at a former YouTuber named Bart Baker, who now creates content specifically for the Chinese, uh, Chinese audience, where he translates songs from Chinese to English and sings them, things like that. Uh, but in the video kind of uh documenting all that pewdiepie mentions support for hong kong and so now he's banned he didn't even mention support for hong kong he just kind of said guess uh like bart baker's never gonna be able to talk about hong kong and his channel or something like that like he never even was like and i support them or anything like that he just said like he just mentioned it yeah so the bar is pretty low to get banned from from china at this point which we cancel pewdiepie like isn't he canceled for like being a huge racist? Why are people still talking about him? Why is he still famous? Oh no, that's the Wall Street Journal is going after him, and I'll say this: the some of the clips that were used were hysterically taken out of context, like so badly that if you watched the actual PewDiePie clips, you would realize that he was taunting people and basically baiting them into thinking that he is that when he's not this huge racist. Apparently, I don't know know for sure who he is, but I'll say I've seen a lot of those clips in the context the Wall Street Journal put them in and then the context that he had them in their videos. And he literally said before the clip, like, watch the Wall Street Journal make me look like this and then does something ridiculous. And the Wall Street Journal just takes the clip of doing something ridiculous and goes, look at that. He's being so racist right now. Well, in spite of your evidence, I'm still going to stick with my gut feeling about an impression that I think I might have had from years ago. (laughs) <laughs> from some headlines I probably glanced at. Just to kind of throw my, my two cents in there, what I've found ever since the Colin Moriarty situation is that when someone is labeled a racist or a sexist, look into it for yourself. Because sometimes it's totally true. And that person said something that was really awful and really bigoted. A lot of the times I found it was something taken out of context. And it really isn't that at all. But people still maintain to this day that person was awful and terrible. It has happened many many times it's very concerning but that's not what we're talking about right now no we're so, talking about magic the gathering we're talking about magic the gathering so magic the gathering pro hong blah pro on hong kong protest bliss chung's actions inspired me a lot so lee shi tan i'm assuming it's their name lee shi tan does that sound right to you probably Why not? Shi tian. okay tian? okay there's an i in there I'm just going to say Lee from here on out anyway. Great. So Lee, during his uh, his winter interview at the Magic the Gathering Mythic Championship, showed support for the Hong Kong protest. He's also wearing a um, a bandana over um, the bottom half of his face to kind of show his support as well. He said, as a professional gamer, this is the place for me to show my support to him. Hong Kong, freedom of speech, and democracy. Blitzchung's actions inspired me a lot and show the world that the universal value was at risk. It is happening in the world right now. Uh, and also a lot of U.S. senators and congressmen have come out asking, excuse me, asking Bobby Kotick, the CEO of Blizzard, uh, Activision Blizzard, to reverse the bans on Blitz Chung. Those senators and congressmen include Ron Wyden, uh, Marco Rubio, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Mike Gallagher, and um, Tom Malinowski. So good for them. Uh, I do think it's kind of funny that 
a lot of these uh, American government officials are saying, no, 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 but you, you're, we're powerful too. You can need to do what we have to say. <laughs> Who's more powerful, China or us? Who do you like more? You're an American Who's your company. Best friend? We're American lawmakers. <laughs> um, yeah, this whole thing. I think this whole story is so fascinating. I think it transcends video games. This is really, really important. Yeah. This is one of those things that like starts a ripple effect that's going to affect gaming and the world. Um, yeah. For the next decades. It's already affecting other companies as well. There have been people who've lost their jobs because they they tweeted something or they like to tweet. Actually, you know, do you know who Zed is? No. It's he's how a British DJ. people say Z. Zed is a DJ, but he's also pretty prominently well-known. I don't listen to his music too much, but he's banned from China as well because he liked a South Park tweet. It, like, oh, but that have you seen enough. that South Park episode about China? I haven't. From like two weeks ago? I heard oh, it. Perfect. It does not hold back. It's perfect. I heard it. Yeah. I'll say this. I don't watch South Park. I'm not a huge South Park fan, to be honest. I don't like the the kind of the grosser humor in it. But I have so much respect for uh, for uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Those guys are amazing. If you want to yeah. watch an incredible documentary, watch Six Days to Air. Yep. They make these episodes in six days. Write, direct, animation, editing, everything in six days. And it's considered top tier satire like that's just those guys are brilliant they really are i really want to see book of mormon as well anyway oh, so fucking good i heard it's really good the last thing i wanted to mention real quick yeah you brought up bandanas over the face did you watch Watchmen last night no i didn't <gasps> i'm gonna watch it tonight all after right, we record right. we'll talk about it i'm really weeks from now, nervous then. i'm really nervous to watch it okay i mean you're nervous about everything good so <laughs> that's not true <laughs> Speaking I'm of things skeptical. that might be good that we're both nervous about, <laughs> moving on from Sony You just are nervous log. about things that are good, Chad. <laughs> Death Stranding spoilers are appearing ahead of November review embargo, says Sam Sant from PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, yes, people have finally been allowed to say we are playing Death Stranding right now for review. Those reviews will come out November 1st, the same day that Apple TV Plus launches with For All Mankind, which I'm totally pumped for. The game actually releases a week later on November 8th and... As Holden likes to say in italics, generally speaking, earlier review embargoes imply confidence in the game. Now, here's the thing, though. I didn't put this in the, in the comment. Is it Kojima's confidence in his awesome self, or is, is it, it a confidence in the game? Is it cockiness, or is it, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this game's going to be good? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm very excited. I still have not pre-ordered the game, but as I, I, as I mentioned earlier, it is on my list of games to beat before the end of the year. I have pre-ordered. I have not downloaded yet. I don't think I can download it quite yet, but I have it pre-ordered. I also pre-ordered Star Wars as well. Oh, God. So I'm like set. What a good set right fucking now. month we're about to go into. <sighs> Dude, November's going to be insane. Woo! I'm going to email all my professors and be like, hey, all my assignments are going to be postponed until probably December 15th. I'll start working on December 1st. <laughs> <laughs> what is this next one? So we have some follow-ups to PS5 stuff. So there is a YouTuber named Zone of Tech. He actually makes pretty in-depth videos if you're interested in watching that kind of stuff. And he received some pictures of the PlayStation 5 dev kit, which 100% confirms the pictures we've seen before from patents and all that is exactly what the dev kit is. We've already had pretty good confirmation of it because other developers have come out and just said, yeah, that's the dev kit that we have yeah. in our building right now. But 
Zone of Tech is speculating that the dev kit actually is not that far off from the final design of the PlayStation 5. He claims that the ventilation system, that kind of V-shape is the ventilation system, that that's such a unique design, he'd be surprised, essentially, to not see them use a similar cooling technique in the official release. A lot of YouTubers have come out and said that's not the case. Like, Review Tech USA came out and said, definitely not. Like, they've never used the dev kit design for the design of the final console. But here's the thing. I went in and did my little look into the past. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I found pictures of dev kits for the PS3, the PS4, the PSP, the PS Vita. um, And none of them say the term prototype one on it. Whereas the PlayStation 5 dev kit does say prototype one on it. That's a really small detail. But prototype generally means this is a prototype for the console that we're going to be making. So maybe it's just a new thing they decided to put on there arbitrarily. has nothing to do with anything. But I do think that it is a good point that this is a unique cooling situation. To have the, the console cool to that degree on its own using that new ventilation system the developers are able to use and then pull it back and say, actually, it's a box, just like a normal box, would be kind of strange. He also speculates, and this is interesting too, that on the patents, on the drawings that have come out, there are little rubber feet on the top of the console. That's confirmed in the picture. What if you can turn the console upside down if you do want a flat top and it cools on the bottom instead? who knows this could be some wacky shit but i've kind of every time i've seen this dev kit i've always held on the idea it's a dev kit it's not, probably not what it's going to look like yeah but it keeps coming back to me and i keep going but that's a really unique looking dev kit dev kits are usually ugly ass boxes yep like even the psp dev kit it literally looks like an old 90s pc tower <laughs> like it doesn't it's not even a handheld so even the Switch dev kit wasn't a handheld either. That was just a box as well. So I'm thinking maybe this is just a total gut feeling kind of thing. There is very little to back it up. I mean, the prototype evidence is very weak evidence. But it just scratches that into my brain. It makes me go, this might not be that far off. It's not going to look exactly the dev kit. Yeah. That dev kit's a honking beast. It looks huge. It's probably going to be a lot smaller than that. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, Chad. With I the don't power know. of these next consoles, ventilation, even with the ones right now, like you know if you hear a PlayStation 4 playing a like God of War or something like that, you're going to hear some fans going. Um, mm-hmm. So ventilation is incredibly important. And I, I assume that, as, that they just make ventilation more readily available and bigger and more noticeable on, and more effective on dev kits because they're still testing out – like. What can we get away with? Can I push the CPU? Can I push the GPU in this game during development? And then maybe we scale it back like we've seen in so many trailers from E3 before where the game looks really pretty (laughs) when they show it off. And then by the time it releases, it's not actually that pretty. So that it might be more ventilated. That's a conspiracy theory, Chad. You can't (laughs) prove that. (laughs) It might be more ventilated right now as they're like experimenting with things and how far they can push it. And then I hope to God some, maybe they keep a similar design, but just like more subtle than it is right now because mm-hmm. it looks gross right now like atari vcs gross 
Zonotech actually made a render of what he thinks the final release one will look like. I'm like, that's yeah. fucking sick looking. And I don't and like it at all. It keeps the V shape. I don't like it at all. I don't like having a big divot in. Uh, I don't want a valley on my PlayStation console. It's just but you could do all sorts dust. of things with that. You could like put like a picture of like family no, there. The whole point you is could, you don't put anything there like a, because like a, then it has to it's ventilate. It's like a cup there. holder. You could, no, you could put like no. Hold on, don't put anything in that V. That you could put some amiibos, or you could use you could put some of the lame PlayStation amiibo no, knockoffs in no, there. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, yeah, I hope he's a lot more subtle. I also don't see like from Mark Cerny's designs in the past. I don't see him going that crazy. I, the PlayStation Four was a pretty crazy design when we first saw it, though. It was like this weird like parallelogram, like slanted console. Yeah, and but the PS Five, PS Four Pro is like a hamburger. Like compared a slanted to, hamburger. Compared to this V-shaped Blade Runner looking ass thing, those are so, so subtle. Okay. They've kind of gotten crazier they went along, though. So, like, the PlayStation 1 looked like a console, but it was a little more rounded, I believe. The first one Still, was like, square. rounded corners. Then it had, like, the PS2 with the kind of hard edge design. They like, really the little, redesigned like, with the, the rounded ones, but... Yeah. And then the PS3 had that kind of like tapered top to it, where it kind of like curved on the top. It was flatter on the bottom, and that looked very futuristic and kind of slick looking. The PS4 was more of a matte finish with a half matte, half gloss, and then like the slanted with um, like design to it. Like they do unique designs. They've never done just a box. Whereas like if right. I saw this from Xbox, Xbox basically makes just a box. The Xbox One was a big honk and ugly box. The 360 was a little bit slender, looked like, like a curvy system, kind of like the yeah. concave design. I don't know. There's no way in hell that I can see this thing coming out with a giant ass V on top of it with just air vents all over the side of it. I... Maybe this is why Sean Layden left. He's like, that's a fucking dumb console. That's and everyone else is like that's what it was. We should have like a like a days without incident thing ticker going, except for days without figuring out what the hell happened with Sean Layden, <laughs> and just see how high it gets. It's always at zero. <laughs> no, because it's going to be the at, counter like, is always at zero. Like thirty now, like days where we have not heard anything about Sean Layden. Oh, I think meant days we hadn't mentioned it. Try to speculate. No, like okay. days without any kind of explanation. Yeah. Anyway, Chad, moving on. Let's move on. Last thing, which uh, seems like a no-brainer. PlayStation Now, apparently, PS5 support reportedly confirmed by Sony from Brianna Reeves at PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, there was an interview with uh, Yasuhiro Osaki, which I assume is how you say that person's name, who's the head of the network division of SIE, who basically more or less confirmed PS Now will work on PS5. Uh, but no intention of bringing it to mobile. I think that's... They obviously are renewing life into it and trying to push that with the recent half-off price cut that they just uh, made for it. So I think it's a great way to get it on the PS5 and get people to play games on PS5, especially at launch. So kind of yeah. duh. PS does on PS5. In other news, PlayStation 5 is called PlayStation 5. What? What? That's it for our PlayStation Quest log, but we're going to jump into our main quest. Holden, will you get into this for us? Yeah, this is kind of a later f- topic, considering the heavy topic we had for main quest last week. Yeah. Like China and all that. China. China. So, Gina Jackson of Kotaku had an interesting article, a little fun article. She says, where to start if you haven't played video games in a while? 
So the recommendations, and kind of the, the bullet points, essentially, are, one, start with the game that's hot right now. So you can kind of talk to people about the game and all that. So, like, right now you might want to play Outer Worlds because it's the best fucking thing ever and you have to Outer play Outer Wilds. It. Oh, I did it. Fuck. Yeah. Outer Wilds. Yep. Damn it. I've been good about that, except for right now. Number two, uh, what was... A... Start with I the last game. something here. I think you're missing start. Start with... Nope. Yeah. Whatever start the fuck with... you wrote is wrong. Yeah. Well, start with the last game you were looking forward to. In other words, if... Like, for example, I haven't... Actually, the example that they brought up was um, someone didn't have an Xbox 360, so they wanted to go back and play L.A. Noir because they hadn't played that before. If like, it was in your backlog, like, if I were to pick up gaming again, I'd go back to Hitman 2 because I really want to play Hitman 2. I have done with Outer Wilds. Number three is read about games and check out whatever sounds the most interesting. And then number four is play with a friend. Just find a game that they want to play and play with them to kind of get back into things. But I kind of wanted to go over what we would recommend to kind of get back into games again. But also, if you haven't played games before, what are some good ones to start off with? We can be as vague as we want. Like, as they kind of had some vague categories, like start with what's hot right now. Or we can talk about specific games if you want to. I'm going to talk about a very specific setup. If you have not... First of all, if you are just getting into games for the first time now, or maybe you dropped off in like the PS2 era or something like that, what a good time it is for you. What a time to be alive. You have so much at your fingertips. And here's what I suggest you do. Don't buy a PlayStation 4. Don't do it, yeah. Don't do it. You know why? Buy an Xbox One S. If you're going to spend money on gaming right now, buy an Xbox One S. Especially with Black Friday coming up, you're going to be able to find one for like 150 bucks. Get It will come with a few months of Game Pass where you can play everything that is good from Microsoft. If you haven't beat any of the Halos, things like that, they're there. Gears of War, if you're into that. But then there's a lot of really good indies on there, too. Like, What Remains of Edith Finch. You've got um, Ori in the Blind Forest. You've got a, a bunch of really great indie titles on there. And then get a PlayStation Now for subscription and just buy a DualShock 4. Get it on your computer. You can play God of War. You can play Uncharted 4. You can play Infamous. You can play the Nathan Drake Collection. You can play... I think even was Spider-Man one of the ones that came to it as well. Like you can play sure. all of those right now just with a DualShock 4 on your computer. That's the setup you need to go with. Buy those two things, That's a good an setup. Xbox and a DualShock 4. And then if you're going to and then I recommend starting with a big game that you can chip away with, chip away at and then something like small that you can kind of digest right away like a a, a mm-hmm an indie like what remains of Edith Finch or something like that but exactly untitled goose game something like that along those lines which you can't well, get yeah, on xbox, to PlayStation right now, but... and xbox it'll come eventually they said it's gonna come eventually yeah so wait until that game comes out something like that i don't know hollow knight would be a tough game to get into if you're like starting you're right. out at games you're right yeah but no i think those are the two things you need to get especially because playstation now also includes a ton it was like 800 games mm-hmm that's the way to go, man. I think it's, I think if you want to get into console gaming, that's totally the way to go. I'd say if you want to experience unique things that you can only experience in games, Apple Arcade's not a bad way to kind of tip your foot in it, and yeah. see something that's not just like a standard Bejeweled or a Candy Crush, which yeah. is also Bejeweled. There are so many Or like bejeweled. a dumb Farmville game. Like, you know, something that has more substance to it. Dip your foot in there for five bucks. See what for you For three think. bucks for a month. 
Well, yeah. But you're going to want to stick with it. You're going to want to. Yeah. You're going to like the yeah. way you look. I and I was it. so I was thinking about the whole like well starting it with Nintendo games, but actually Nintendo's kind of the highest barrier of entry right now for consoles. I mean, there's the Switch Lite, but I still recommend for most people just to go Switch. Yeah, just because you can take it with you and dock it at home if you wanted to. Because I, I do think that like yes, Mario and Zelda are great games to get into. Less so Zelda at this point because Zelda Breath of the Wild is a pretty big game. To, I think just to kind of jump into. If you haven't really played games before, I'd say number one though is stay away from first-person shooters. Don't play oh, first-person yeah. shooters as your first, especially if it's competitive. Like, don't even don't say, "Hey, I'm going to jump into Call of Duty online right now." <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, but I think like the walking simulators are a good way to learn those camera controls, so that maybe you could play a first-person shooter later on at some point. But even then, like, start with like Destiny or something like that, where you can play with your friends, but you're just shooting stuff. And it's pretty forgiving if you're lower level. And Destiny being free on everything is a good low barrier of entry. Exactly. Um, I had a game, I didn't write it down, that was like, this is the game you have to play, though, first. Crackdown 2. <laughs> yes, 100% Crackdown 2. That's the, one. That's the one. I guess Journey would be a good one to start off with. Tearaway would be a good game to start off with, I think. That's a kind of like a fun, charming game that's not terribly difficult. Don't play Outer Wilds as your first game. <laughs> don't do not do that. <laughs> oh my god, you'd have such a rough time. I think it's kind of what... Yeah, I think that's... Apple Arcade be a good place to start off with, though. And depending on how Stadia goes, maybe Stadia. Just buy a controller and then just jump in and play that way. Yeah, or mouse and keyboard. Or mouse and keyboard. Yeah, I think, honestly, I, th- I think a controller is much easier to learn than mouse and keyboard. And mo- I only say that because I think people get freaked out by a large amount of buttons. Yeah, there's so and many the- buttons I could hit, and I gotta hold my finger at a super, like, I gotta do a claw with the WASD keys. Yeah. And sometimes, like back when I was playing Guild Wars on my Mac, if I was doing WASD, and then you have to hit the option key... In order to like show enemies health bars or like where enemies are, sometimes if you actually really? hit command instead of option, hit command and then you walk forward with the W key, close the game window. Ooh, <laughs> yep. Option's an odd one to reach down to because I'm looking at my computer right now and when I'm holding down on WASD, I can't even see the option key. I know you got to like tuck your thumb under. Now to be clear, Guild Wars didn't officially have Mac support. I was getting it to run kind of jankly on there. Uh, but still, so you you fucked up. No, your mom. Oh, yeah, I think that's it. I, I'm I'm honestly really curious what everyone else would say to this question. Like, what games do you recommend to someone who either hasn't played video games in a while, or if they've mm-hmm. never played them at all? What do you What do you start with? How do you get into it? I, I keep jumping back to mobile because I think there's a lot of mobile games that are unique, aren't necessarily console level games, but kind of tell you that. Gaming is more than just, it's more than just a dumb medium. Yeah. I think people view games as this very dumb medium. There's a lot of depth in, in some some mobile games. But like, I have a hard time saying, like, Overcooked should be your first game that you play. Cause like, well, that game's actually really stressful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're, stressful. You might get really aggravated and not want to keep playing anymore. Um, but I do think Untitled Goose Game would be a great one to start off with, though. I can't wait to jump into that tomorrow. 
you're gonna love it. I can't see you not liking that game. Although it's got you're puzzles. Gonna... Yeah, kind of. I I just could picture you annoying everybody on the plane as you play that game and laughing. Nope, I'm not gonna do it now. I'm gonna hate this game on purpose. You're gonna hate this game on purpose? Okay. Yep. <laughs> all right. I think that's all I have to say about that segment. Me too. If you're listening to us, write in and let us know your thoughts on that because I really want to discuss that next week or whenever the fuck I'm back. Uh, speaking of writing gone. in, this is your last. We episode. don't have any Ryan subscriber interrogatives, which are ways that you can interact with us on the show. So send us a question or two if you want to know. This week, there's been a lot of spoopy related ones from Dusty Hill, but he can't keep this show up on his own. Everybody else has got to participate. No. Okay, <laughs> I feel like I kind of sounded like George Bush a little bit there. I thought anyway. you said it's sad. <laughs> like you're about to cry or something. Well, George Bush was a sad adult. Um, then we're going to go to Game On Game Show, the Game On Our Game Show, where we play a game called Game On, where we play a game on a game show, game, 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 game. We've got a new game this week. Uh-oh. In celebration of Stadia's announcement of its launch date, <laughs> talking about Apple Arcade's launch and how successful that went. Uh, I've got something called the Raffbox launch lineup. We are hypothetically okay. launching a new console, the Respawn Aim Firebox, the Raffbox. Catchy name. And I have gone through all of the console launches of all time, and I've picked two launch games from each of those lineups that we're going to include as part of our launch game. I sold this game 100% from Easy Allies. They had somebody okay. right in to do this game. Uh, but I just thought, hey, that's fun. We should play, we should play it too. So I went back, and it's not every single console because there were some console launch lineups where I was like, fucking Sega Master System. I don't recognize any of these games. Holden doesn't. We're just not gonna have good discussions. So we skipped some consoles. You know I, that I know everything about Sega Master System. Okay, hold on. I know exactly what's gonna happen. I'm gonna name two games, and you're like, well, I never played blah blah blah. I'm like, well, Holden, you know what blah 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 is, and you know what kind of game it is. Making us. <laughs> I know that's how the conversation is going to go, so we're getting it out of the way now. <laughs> so I like um, to be certain of things, Chad. So I picked two games. They're not always the games that are like, for instance, for N64, I didn't pick Super Mario 64 because obviously that's going to be the one you pick. Well, that was also their only two launch games, that and Pilot Wings. Good point you bring up because I have dipped into sometimes the European launch lineup or the Japanese launch lineup, which are slightly different okay. as well. So I picked two games from each launch lineup, including console and handheld, and these will become our Raffbox lineup. Are you ready, Holden? Starting yes. with the Atari 2600. With? Atari 2600. <laughs> but I played any of those games, Chad. Fuck you. <laughs> we are choosing between Pac-Man and Space Invaders. Which one are we putting in our box? Pac-Man. Definitely Pac-Man. Pac-Man, you think so? Yeah. I, I think Pac-Man is highly overrated. I think it's a stupid, boring-ass, uh, difficult game. And I think Space Invaders is so much better. But I think also they're both just kind of like... Do you want to come back games. to it based on <laughs> how we feel about the other games? That was some um, blasphemous stuff you just said. No, Pac-Man is just like, I'm going to go around a maze and avoid these stupid ghosts. And the ghosts are smarter than my character can ever be with the controls that I'm given. Uh, and then, so, but I will concede Pac-Man to you because I really don't give a shit about either of these games. So we're going with Pac-Man. That's going to be our first game on our console. NES. All right. We're going with Donkey Kong or Duck Hunt. With this one, I want to make a case for Duck Hunt because it comes with a cool-ass peripheral and it's fun. 
peripherals are a great way to make money off launch on accessories when we're trying to sell our console. However, Donkey Kong is a classic. This is the Mario you know, go up the ladder Donkey Kong. You gave me Pac-Man. Do you want to do Duck Hunt? I do. Let's do Duck Hunt. I do want to do Duck Let's Hunt. Let's do Duck Hunt. Great. Sega CD. Doom <laughs> or Star Wars Arcade? Are you looking at these launch lineups right now? No, I'm writing them down. Oh. Which is what we're choosing. Oh, gotcha. I mean, I'm also keeping track of them if you want. But... Yeah, but I, right. I have my... Sega CD. Doom and Star Wars Arcade. Doom I, Star, I don't even know what Star Wars Arcade is. I know what Doom is. <laughs> so I'm going to go thing. with Doom. I also don't know what Star Wars Arcade is, but I assume, like, hey, we could have a Star Wars game at launch, and that would sell. One thing I noticed doing this is that... I don't want to EA it, though. I want to have a good Star Wars uh, game at launch. Be, uh, good, be good. Yeah, we're going with Doom, then. Uh, there are... Like, every single console launch, almost, has its regulars, the usual suspects. Like, almost every single console launch had a Tony Hawk game with it. Or every single console yep. launch had a Ridge Racer or something like that. Like, they're your Ridge usual suspects. Ridge Racer. Uh, SNES, Pilot Wings, or F-Zero? I'm going to say F-Zero because uh, fucking Captain Falcon is so much cooler than whatever the fucking mascot for Pilot Wings is. And our console would immediately seem awesome because we're bringing F-Zero back. That's right. Show me your moves. So we're going to do that. Nice. Sega Saturn, we have the option of Daytona USA and Panzer Dragoon. We'll do Panzer Dragoon because we already have F-Zero as a racing game. We don't want to capitalize. Ah, diversify yeah. your portfolio. Stocks. I got yep. it. I got it. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Daytona USA, NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why that's, that's the reason. That's it. PlayStation, Rayman, or Twisted Metal? So now, this is this is another type Rayman, of card we don't have a, It's another type of card, but it's a different one. But we also don't have anything like Rayman yet. And I have the feeling there's not going to be that many side-scrollers that come up. Because you're not going to include Mario games. Or maybe even platformers at all. Who knows? So I think you'll have a platformer. Yeah, I, I, think have, I think it's going to have a platformer. What system was we've that again? Card. That was Xbox? PlayStation. Oh, PlayStation. I was about to say, I thought it was PlayStation, but I heard it wrong originally. PlayStation Rayman. Nintendo 64. Turok Dinosaur Hunter or Pilot Wings 64. Well, we bailed on Pilot Wings before. Let's do it again. Let's do Turok. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for that. Have you ever played it? No, you have not played a Turok game. I think we've had this discussion. Turok I have it, but I know what it is. Shooting Velociraptors is pretty satisfying. Pretty satisfying. Uh, Sega Dreamcast. Sonic Adventure, House of the Dead 2. Now, fuck. We went with Duck Hunt, but House of the Dead 2 is the superior light gun game. We did. And also, Sonic Adventure is a trash game if you go back and try to play it now. And we already have a platformer. We do. A better platformer in every way. I, this is what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to do... Is House of the Dead, he said? House of the Dead 2, yeah. We're going to do House of the Dead 2 because Duck Hunt's like the kid's version of the light gun game. House of the ah. Dead 2 is for, is for big boys. You got to shoot kids in one, shoot adults in the other. Yep. <laughs> no, Holden, you're supposed to disagree with that. That's terrible. You don't shoot kids at all, ever. And only yep. shoot adults if you're defending yourself. Yep. PlayStation 2. <laughs> SSX. And Dynasty Warriors 2. Snowboarding. 
Dynasty Warriors, whatever SSS you call that game. It's tricky. Um, now, when I think about tougher. this, I think about how much fucking fun I had on N64 with 1080 snowboarding and how cool that game was. You, had a, you could get a dragon snowboard. Looked dope. We also don't have any sports games yet. Oh, you're right, because we ditched Daytona USA. <laughs> we need the Yes. He upset all those NASCAR fans who are also going to buy the raft box at lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so you're leaning so SSX? SSX? Right. Yeah, we'll great. SSX. GameCube. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. Wave Race Blue Storm. Wave Race is a jet so we just did game. It. Yeah. I'm going to say... Tony Hawk and SSX are closer together than what's uh, the Wave Race and F-Zero. Dynasty Warriors. Oh, and F Zero. Okay, so I think we should yeah. go with Wave Race. All right, I'm down with that. I do think that yeah, Tony Hawk and SSX are way too similar to have both at launch at the same time. Good business yeah. decision. Going on to the Xbox, the original Xbox, Project Gotham Racing. And Max Payne. Max Payne. Max Payne is so good. Is this our first shooter? It's I our, mean, it's not a light uh, gun No, we shooter. have Doom. We have Doom, but this uh, is also Doom. a narrative game. This is like the single-player narrative game you can show off. There you go. Like, yeah. Look at this amazing stuff. It's got bullet time. Remember you can that take from pills? 20 years ago? Pills, baby! <laughs> <laughs> Jean-Ralphio is the best character on Parks and Rec. Money, please. <laughs> Technically, I'm homeless! <laughs> <laughs> oh she's literally the worst sorry okay xbox 360 (laughs) perfect dark zero need for speed most wanted Ooh, this is kind of a similar pairing to what we just did with max Payne and project gotham racing it is but need for speed most wanted is the best version of need for speed is it because perfect dark zero is the worst version of Of like Golden oh, Eye, Perfect it? Dark kind of games, yeah. So the regular Need for Speed then? <laughs> yeah, going. I haven't played Need for Speed Most Wanted, but I figured they were both like it's so good. All right, PlayStation Three, Resistance, Fall of Man, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Okay, we got to go Marvel Ultimate Alliance because Resistance and Doom. You got two first person shooters. Despite the fact that one is obviously the more modern shooter to, to pick up, but we're ignoring that. Yeah, here's my my uh, confirmation for Marvel Ultimate Alliance. This is our first like real sit down, play co op, and have fun game. Yep. Yeah, also, it's it's Marvel. It's Avengers. Yep. It's big it's right got now. Got that license. But Hansel big, so it's big hot right now. now. <laughs> All right, we. So I saw, I saw a really funny meme today that was Will Ferrell saying that exact thing. <laughs> Be funny. Anyway, sorry, keep going. The Wii, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, or Wii Sports? This is tricky. To rock, because around, Wii Sports, to rock around this right in time is tricky. Exactly. Don't even have to say anything else. Wii Sports is going to be a casual game to get everyone in. But Zelda, right. we don't have Zelda yet. We don't have we Zelda yet. We don't have anything yet. like Zelda. But traditionally, Breath of the Wild aside, Zelda does not sell super great. Wii Sports... That gets people in. That's that blue ocean strategy, and people have a blast playing it, but then they never buy anything else other than Wii Sports. Exactly. Zelda, people play Zelda by lots of other games. That is true. 
That is true. Plus, we already have um, we have nothing like nothing like Wii Sports. <laughs> I feel like Wii Sports is going to get your your mom to play, but your mom would love to play Pac Man, so she's good with Pac Man. So Pac-Man. get okay. Zelda. Let's put Zelda. I will cede to Zelda on this one because we don't really have anything like it yet. I actually wasn't expecting you to do a big franchise like that. Actually, can you um, answer this for me right now? Do we have another Zelda game coming up? AKA no, Breath of the Wild going to be? Okay. Then, yeah, we'll do, we'll do uh, Twilight Princess. Wii U, Assassin's Creed 3, or Ninja Gaiden 3, Razor's Edge? The worst in each of those franchises. Yes, but let's do Ninja Gaiden just because that's going to attract a hardcore audience. I don't think we've got. Oh, yet. interesting. It's also much more fun combat than Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed combat. All right. PlayStation 4. Sound Shapes versus Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Since we didn't get uh, the Wii Sports to kind of get a more casual audience in there, Sound Shapes kind of fills in that niche. But Assassin's Creed is different than we've had before. We don't have a big open world game quite yet. I'm, so I was thinking But I had the feeling we get another open world game with other consoles. So we've got Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag as like that open world kind of third person action adventure. And I'm like, Twilight Princess is maybe close-ish enough to that ty- style of game, but we don't really have anything like Sound Shapes yet. It's What's like a, a cute kind of platformer. Sound Shapes. Sound Shops. Xbox Doing One. Xbox One. Rise, Son of Rome, Skylanders, Swap Force. Well, Rise, Son of Rome is a pile of hot trash. Oh, it is trash. And Skylanders, in my opinion, is a pile of hot trash. Hot trash. (laughs) But one of those hot trashes will appeal to children. And we need them children's money. And we want to also get all that toy money as well. Toys to life. It's a big dead thing right now. Yep. Big dead thing right now. Yeah, but I, I not for Nintendo. That's right. Amiibo. This could be our Amiibo. Amiibo. Yep. Amiibo. Dipping into the handhelds. I don't know why the, the site that I got this from moved the Switch to the end, but we're going to the handhelds now. Game Boy. Super Mario Land or Tetris? Tetris. Again, we need to fill in some of the casual stuff because we need them. People would need to get from Wii Sports. Tetris would do that, and it did do that for the Game Boy. There's is a, Rayman still our only saying, platformer, though? Okay, so there's a... I saw this in the History of Game Boy on IGN. Per Schneider in there said that when they were figuring out what game to bundle with the Game Boy... I can't remember who the executive was in Nintendo who said this, but he said, if you want to sell the Game Boy to children, bundle... Mario with it. If you want to sell it to everyone, bundle it with Tetris. It is kind of our first puzzle-esque game. Yeah. It is also the game that my mom would bust into our room in the middle of the night going, where's Tetris? And you're like, I don't know, I'm asleep in the closet? <laughs> I so, think we answered I th- our I question. I think you're right, I think you're right. That's not where I was going to go before that, but you made a good case. GBA. Rayman Advance. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. I mean, we don't have any Rayman games yet, so let's do Rayman. We do have a Rayman game, and we also have... Oh, oh we didn't do a Tony Hawk game yet. We did SSX. 
I know. That's why I was making that little that amazing joke. But also, I can't imagine that the GBA experience of Tony Hawk 2 is anywhere near what the actual experience of Tony Hawk 2 is supposed to be. That makes me want to go back to the PS1 and change PS1. I didn't expect another Rayman game. <laughs> this. What was PlayStation again? That or Twisted Metal. Let's replace that and get Twisted Metal. And do Rayman on and GBA? And do Rayman on GBA, yeah. All right. I honestly don't know anything about that Rayman game. It might be just a straight-up remake for Game Boy Advance. I'm pretty sure it is. All right, so we're swapping PlayStation from Rayman to uh, Twisted Metal. Nintendo DS. Metroid Prime Hunters First Hunt Demo. Yes, one of the <laughs> launch games for DS was a demo. It was, actually it came with the system. Did it? Yeah, it was bundled with the system, yeah. Uh, it was or, awesome. Or Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 is great. On DS? Yeah, it was. It actually was not that bad. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm always down for a Spider-Man game. I have Spider-Man games on every single platform that they were available on. So I'm the 100% only on thing though is we already have Spider-Man technically because of Marvel Alliance. Oh, but it's very very different. Hmm. Okay, I'll allow it. Uh, Ultimate Alliance is a straight up like smash and beat 'em up. Hack and slash is the word for it. We got four more left. Pisp- doing the PSP, the PISPA. The PISPA. That's what my mom used to call it. PISPA. Did she really? Yep. Oh, it's, it's Make sure you got your pispa. And I'm like, no, mom, I got the Vita now. God. Uh, wipe out pure or luminous? <gasps> luminous. Lu- oh, damn, we already have Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> but luminous is so good. But we do uh, have F Zero already. Yeah, which is that's very, very similar. similar. To it's bas- Wipeout is basically. Yeah, it's essentially just F-Zero without... Is it Captain Falcon in that game? Falcon Punch! Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're, we're going to do Luminous. Yeah. 3DS. Nintendogs <laughs> Steel plus Diver. cats. <laughs> nope. Nintendogs plus cats. Or The Sims 3. <laughs> the definitive version of The Sims 3. <laughs> 3DS. Uh, we don't have anything Those- like really cutesy on our console yet uh i beg to differ uh we have sound shapes and max we have, Payne. <laughs> i was just gonna say max Payne, but also doom in the house of the dead too yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah i think nintendogs i think so too nintendogs plus cats yeah. oh it's plus cats it's plus cats yeah the good with the bad all right facts of life nintendogs plus cats vita this is our penultimate one. Ninja Gaiden Sigma yeah. Plus or Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3? We don't have a fighting game yet. We so don't we have a fighting do... game. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm leaning towards. And we already have Ninja Gaiden Sigma th- or Ninja Gaiden 3. And then finally, Switch, Super Bomberman R and Snipper Clips. Snipper Clips. Really? Absolutely. Yes. I love looking clips. back on the launch lineup of the Switch and seeing like one two Switch and Super Bomberman and Snipper Clips. I'm like, damn. People were all up in Snipper Clips hooch. They're like, oh my god, this game is fucking great. It was like, in reality, no, this game was boring and stupid as shit. No, but it, it was, was all it was we awesome. had. I like Snipper Clips a lot. I like Snipper Clips. I had a great time 
at the UN. You know I'm talking about the UN. The UN? No. Raul, Jamie, oh, Jeremy. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, what they po- their Abraham, their gotcha. podcast was called, it's a podcast, their house is called the, the UN. Because yep. they're from all the different parts of the world. Gotcha. Um, and we played super clips there as like a for a party once. Great time. Everyone was hooting and hollering at the TVs. The hooting and, this and was hollering like, back in the fifties. This this was after Mario Kart came out too. Oh, so you guys yeah. really were like hurting for money. You had to stick with what you bought at launch, <laughs> and you're like, can't wait till I can afford Mario Kart one day. Oh no, we all had Mario Kart. That was not right. the problem. <laughs> well, I'll give you snippet clips because honestly, super like Bomberman is super boring. I've never understood yeah. what's alluring about Bomberman. It's got bombs. Unlike other video dun, games dun, dun, that dun, don't dun, have dun. any bombs. That's it. So, our raft box launching in holiday 2020 is coming with Pac-Man, Duck Hunt, Doom, F-Zero, Panzer Dragoon, Twisted Metal, Turok, Dinosaur Hunter, House of the Dead 2, SSX, Wave Race, Blue Storm, Max Payne, Need for Speed, Most Wanted, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, Ninja Gaiden 3, Razor's Edge, Sound Shapes, Skylanders Swap Force, Tetris, Rayman Advance, Spider-Man 2, Luminous, Dogs Plus Cats, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and above all, Snipper Clips. That's it. What's our marquee title, though? Like, we're at an event, we're like, look at, like, a lot of these games are going to be montage games. Right. Showing off what we what? Could, like, look at this system. Let's, what are the three games that are look at this system? Three games that are just like, look at that. Would you look at it? Just, just oh, you know what I say about that? Look at that. Uh, we got to show off something with a peripheral because we got to sell the peripherals. So either House of the Dead 2 or Duck Hunt. I'm thinking Duck, Duck Hunt. I'm thinking Duck Hunt. So yeah. Duck, Duck Hunt. Hunt. Get the kids in. Uh, we need um, something bad as. Thinking, you gotta do Max Payne because you can show the slow mo. Like, look at how we can render these frames in slow motion of the high frame rate of the raft box. Whatever bullshit we're gonna say, because marketing is all bullshit. Okay, I think Max Payne's one. I could say, yeah, I would go between either that or Ninja Gaiden Three. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, uh, did we ever pick a Tony Marvel Hawk? Alliance? Marvel Ultimate Alliance to get that like. Hey, we have Marvel properties as well. We got big oh, names. We've got big us. licensing, third-party partnerships. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that idea. If you would buy bada-bing, that bada-bing. console, let us know how much you would pay for it. Right now, <laughs> comes with a big V on top. Doesn't come with a controller. Uh, we don't know what it is yet, and our lead architect just left, and it launches in 2020. But you can get a streaming service for Atari games for $10 a month to play on it. Yep. And we don't have a UI. It's just going to run Linux. Hope Woo! you guys like the raft box. Oh, get it? That's an Atari VCS joke. Anyway, that's it for <laughs> Game On Game Show, and that's it for our show. One last thing before we wrap up. Patreon.com slash Respawn Aimfire is a place that you can go for a couple of things. One is very important that you do now. Vote for next month's barf. It is a bit of barf. We only have five votes in. Uh, but with the poll up, so shorter game that we want to make sure that we do for next year. Go and vote on that now. Polls are open until we're whenever. We're tied right now. Yeah, we're also tied. Game. Uh, I don't know when it ends, but do it. And uh, if you want your free wallpaper for next month, that'll be coming out probably on Halloween after I get back from China. It's already made. It looks dope. I'm already using it on my phone, and I fucking love it. And then, yeah, uh, this is a great wallpaper. I've, I've seen it. It's, it's pretty good. Dope. Dope, 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 dope. Thanks, everybody, for listening. 